From Manhattan Associates, this is Nucleus of Innovation, the retail and supply chain podcast where we tackle some of the most important topics in the industry and learn how leaders are managing their supply chain challenges every day. I'm your host, Chris Shaw. I'd like to give a quick reminder to all our listeners that we're adjusting our podcast a bit for the next few weeks as we focus on the impacts and the outcomes of COVID-19 and what that will mean for manufacturers, distributors, and retailers in both the near and long term. So you'll be getting a short form of our podcast, but the plan is to do a whole lot more of them for you. I want to apologize today in advance for any audio discrepancies. All of us on the podcast here are quarantined at home, just like you. Today, I'm excited to welcome Scott Fenwick. He's a senior inventory product leader at Manhattan Associates. Hey, Scott, how you doing? I'm great, Chris. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually really interested to talk about our topic today. So where is all the toilet paper? As we begin to look back now, uh, we're recording this on April 6th. We're about two to three weeks into the significant growth period of COVID-19 here in the U.S. and, and maybe 10 weeks from the initial escalation of that coronavirus in China. And before we do anything else, we want to once again thank our amazing nurses, doctors, and medical teams that are out there fighting this virus on our behalf every single day and night. They are absolutely amazing. But perhaps because our clients and our partners here at Manhattan Associates, Scott, you and I both get to hear every single day about the amazing organizations and people that continue to do what it takes to keep our supply chains moving, to give us some semblance of normalcy and allow us to maintain while most of us are in some kind of lockdown. Now, Scott, I know you get to lead an inventory optimization advisory council that meets pretty regularly, and I'm sure recently about the impact of COVID-19. Could you give us just a little peek, some insight into some of the voices on that council and what they are focused on right now? Yeah, for sure, Chris. Um, in short, their focus is on survival. Um, over the past several weeks, uh, we've had the privilege to host calls with our inventory product council, where literally hundreds of individuals across dozens and dozens of customers have joined to discuss the challenges they're facing, share tips, um, and in some cases commiserate with their fellow inventory managers. And I have to say, just a, a bit of a shout out to all the inventory analysts and demand planners that are out there. A lot of times those guys are kind of definitely behind the scenes, the unsung heroes, but it's those guys who are putting inventory in motion. The big theme that we're hearing right now is that each and every one of our customers is looking for ways to get and keep inventory in motion uh, in response to this massive demand shock. However, the characteristics of the demand shock are, are certainly varying across the industry. We've got pharmaceutical wholesalers and grocery distributors uh, in particular that are experiencing uh, quite a boom right now across many categories. In contrast to that, unfortunately, many food service distributors, those that supply to restaurants, colleges, etc., have seen their normal spring demand suddenly vanish. Uh, we've also got pet services where they're also seeing a boom, some of which have told us that their volumes have been greater than Black Friday and Cyber Monday combined. Um, and then there's uh, specialty retailers. Uh, their biggest challenge right now seems to be for most uh, to quickly reset their supply chains uh, as they shutter retail doors and suddenly find themselves an e-commerce only retailer as consumers quickly shift to online only purchasing. What we're mostly hearing is a quick shift away from the, the traditional economics, economics of buying uh, to a more reactive ordering uh, process in an attempt to simply establish some level of quality with COVID-19's demand. The other thing that most have in common, um, however, 
is an increased focus on communication, which is interesting. I mean, we've we've all heard uh, and focused on collaboration, various aspects, but things are changing extremely fast right now. And we're seeing retailers and suppliers, the wholesalers that they work with, uh, and manufacturers trying to better align um, their supply needs over the short term. That's been a big focus area. Thanks, Scott. One of the things you mentioned there was that many of those planners are moving to being more reactive. And probably, I assume, that's a, a short-term response to the extreme nature of the crisis. But how long do we expect that they'll continue to have to work that way before they can get back to trying to be more predictive? That's a great question, Chris. I, I wish I knew the answer to that. Um, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, what most of our customers are telling us is that they, they really just don't know. Uh, so right now they are uh, becoming more reactive, meaning they're simply trying to catch up with the, the levels of demand that they're seeing, positive or negative, or looking for more you know creative alternatives to get rid of the supply that they already have. Um, in some cases, such as the food industry, trying to get rid of that, that inventory in a, in a productive way before it actually spoils. Most don't know the duration um, or can't really foresee the, the end necessarily, but they have at least started to prepare their inventory strategy or at least try to figure out what are they going to do when, they, when things do return to normal. The, the challenge is we don't know yet when that's going to happen and, and what that new normal will be. Yeah, it leaves a lot of organizations in limbo. Now, one of the things that you mentioned was that a number of retailers are having to radically shift their fulfillment strategy. You know, as stores sometimes have been shuttered or limited in their usage, maybe there's only 10 people at a time that can go into the store or, uh, you know, and they begin as a result to shift more of their demand online to try and fulfill online. But then we're starting to hear some organizations saying, you know, in Texas and some other locations, maybe Canada saying, hey, the local government is, is wanting us to shut down the DC because we have too many people working in one place. So in those cases, inventory seems like it could get stranded. What can we learn from this incredibly dynamic and changing situation to be prepared next time, like to be ready next time? It might not be obviously a pandemic, but something of this nature of disruption. Yeah, the, the concept of stranded inventory is a, is a good one, and unfortunately, it's a very real challenge that a lot of a lot of folks are facing right now. You know, in a lot of ways, inventory is like cash. Cash that's sitting still is not is 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 not helping the economy. It's not it's not producing. It's not showing velocity. And inventory is kind of the same way. Uh, inventory that's sitting still is is simply a cost uh, to to these organizations, and and becomes a bit more of a burden in situations like this where they can't find creative outlets. I think the the key lesson learned here is is agility. Um, you know, from a, looking at it from a software development perspective, we talk about the need to be more agile and a lot of the agile methodologies that we embrace, so that we can very quickly observe, learn, and in, in, in kind of reset direction. And I think what a lot of businesses are learning is that they also have to think the same way about their supply chains, uh, and in this particular case, in their inventory strategies. You know, the need and the, and the ability to very quickly pivot and, and change direction with those strategies is, is certainly imperative. And for some that, that might not yet be in a position where they can make those changes, it's going to be a very costly situation for them. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that you mentioned in that segment there was the idea that inventory that's just sitting on a shelf or sitting on a warehouse that can't be accessed is essentially like capital uh, they can't move. But it works the other way too, right? So we have seen every 
picture on every newscast of empty shelves. You know, you go into the grocery store and all of these things are missing and empty. And obviously not having enough inventory to fulfill certain kinds of demand is a is a problem as well. Right now, at the peak of this curve that we're on right now from a demand shock standpoint, is that a demand problem, a supply problem, or just a consumer behavior problem? The fact that we're having a lot of out-of-stock issues right now. You know, in the, in, in the past, a month or two ago, um, almost every one of our inventory customers would have said more demand is a great problem to have. And boy, what a difference a few weeks can make. My take is it's a, it's a bit of both, uh, demand and supply uh, challenge. There's certainly clearly been a spike in demand for certain products and categories uh, as consumers rush to the store and stock up on paper products, canned goods, and fresh meat. I can't tell you the number of grocery trips I've personally made where the beef and poultry items were almost non-existent, uh, which, was, which was a bit of a head-scratcher. Um, these patterns that we're seeing, these demand patterns that we're seeing, are reshaping almost every forecast uh, that our customers have been tracking to for months and months. And there's also been supply issues as uh, manufacturers are being asked to, to make more product in some cases. Uh, and in others, like maybe the toilet paper concept, um, maybe they're trying to make more of this package for consumer sale uh, versus commercial usage. And so it does create some hiccups in the supply chain that, that uh, you know, they're a bit trying to play catch up on. However, the biggest demand impact uh, may be yet to come. You know, when things do start to return to normal, uh, but consumers haven't yet depleted the supplies that they've been building up, that's when it's imperative to essentially attempt to undo the lingering effects of COVID-19 on future forecasts. And, you know, from my perspective, here's what we do know. Um, this situation, these circumstances, it won't last forever. What we don't yet know is will the old normal return or will it be replaced with something entirely new? Yeah, absolutely. I think this pandemic is full of brand new and unknowns. It seems like every time we turn the corner, there's another we just don't know yet. And I I think that's okay, right? It's okay that we're being reactive right now. It's okay that people are making the adjustments they need to make in real time. But as you say, at some point, we're going to need to be able to move ourselves back to that new normal. And the question really just becomes, what will that new normal be? Scott, that's all the time we have for our episode today, but I really want to thank you for taking the time to join us today, and I certainly hope you'll come back and visit with us again. Absolutely, Chris. Thanks for having me.